Hello and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. Um, we are back after our Thanksgiving break. Uh, we were both quite busy last week with travel and everything. Jacob was traveling for a game. I was traveling back home and back here within a 60-hour span. So we were quite busy last week. Um, but the NBA kept moving and we are here to talk about a few different things uh we're going to talk about the in-season tournament is set the knockout round that is um and then we're going to take a little bit of a dive into the orlando magic who are shocking the nba not shocking jacob but shocking the nba right now uh as they are the second seed in the east currently um only behind the boston celtics with a 13 and 5 record but we'll dive in more to the stats and how they are playing what are they what they are doing that is making them so successful um in a little bit but first and foremost as always jacob how are you doing i'm good i will sleep in may but i'm good um just lucky uh last week got to spend the week in kansas city games did not go as planned um but uh just a really cool opportunity to be in a cool place get to catch up with uh Hunter, uh, he wasn't on the podcast yet, but he's a supporter of the of the Just Hoops brand. Um, it was a different kind of Thanksgiving, just in terms of like being with a team and not family. But it was it was good overall. Uh, got to bounce back yesterday or two days ago in Nashville. And now we're here and we get to talk about the Orlando Magic. But Josh, how are you doing? Let the people know. I am lovely as well. I am now 20 years young um, since our last podcast. Yeah, Josh is older now. I am a slight bit older, um, but aren't we all? Um, (laughs) (laughs) My... Phoenix Suns went on a seven-game win streak before losing to the Toronto Raptors. And they are in the in-season tournament. Uh, so that's a good segment, right? In, in, or segue, segment, seg, segue, seg, segue. Segue into our next segment. Uh-huh. Um, as we are going to talk the in-season tournament. So the tables are set for the knockout round. Um, so... To break it down a little bit for the Western Conference teams, we have the Lakers facing the Phoenix Suns um, and the Sacramento Kings facing the New Orleans Pelicans in the knockout round, the quarterfinals of this tournament. Um, Those are all at the higher seeds home courts. And then in the East, we have the Milwaukee Bucks playing the New York Knicks and the Indiana Pacers playing the Boston Celtics. I actually saw a funny tweet about the Indiana Pacers saying we went through play just to be rewarded by playing the Boston Celtics in the first round. Um, but Jacob, how do you feel this, this kind of played out? I like it. Um, I, I think the only team that really surprised me is the Knicks. Um, they've kind of haven't been great, but they won their tournament games and, Found a way to make the wild card spot. Uh, it was their big comeback against Miami about a week ago. Uh, 
they kind of put them in a position to have the four seed for the East. But outside of that, like all these teams have been playing really good brands of basketball. And uh, I am just disappointed that the Miami Heat uh, could get the job done. Uh, But here we are. Uh, I do think running through this, I think the Pelicans have a really good chance. Depends. Because Trey Murphy about to be back. Trey Murphy is about to be back, and so is CJ McCollum. And CJ. going to be fully healthy. Fully healthy Pelicans. But these scary, scary team. That'll be their first games fully healthy. I I think that they'll be fine. They're playing really good, though. I've been able to... They're playing solid. They're playing solid. I won't say really good. They're playing really good. They just lost to the Jazz twice. Dude, the Jazz are the Jazz. Don't hate on the Jazz. Let's 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 slow our roll here. But all right, I'd say I say the Pels actually come out of the West, and I say I'm gonna just keep rolling. Indy, Indy out of the East. Over Boston. Yeah. My last sighting of Boston was the Orlando Magic absolutely clamping them. I think the Pacers could score with them. Even though the last time that they played, I'm pretty sure Boston just put a whooping on them. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'd pick the Pacers to win that matchup, and then it will be a battle against Milwaukee. But I think that they're going to just score so many points in a one-game setting. Maybe I'm just underthinking this. I think if Devin Booker plays, the Suns come out of the West. Haven't the late? I haven't watched the Lakers. They've been playing pretty good, right? Both times the Suns and Lakers played. The Suns weren't healthy, and they were up 10-plus going in the fourth quarter. And then they just lose in the fourth because they just want to give KD the ball. So that matchup, I think the if Booker plays, the Suns win. And then I honestly think the Kings beat the Pels. And I think the Suns beat the Kings. And then out of the West, I got Boston. Or East, sorry. East, I got Boston, and I got Boston winning the whole thing. That's how my bracket breaks up, breaks down. Yeah, the last two weeks, LA's been eighth. Maybe, maybe I run with Milwaukee based on recency. But, um, yeah, you can tell I'm a little out of the loop, uh, and I'm sorry about that. Once we get to the magic, I'll be able to talk more informally, but I'm going to continue to go with my gut here and say the Pelicans are going to play the Suns in the semis, and I'm going to say the Pelicans win that be a battle to play in Vegas. or b- Both games are in Vegas. Yeah, the semis and championship. Um. So I'm going to say the Pelicans play in the championship, and then I'm going to say we get Milwaukee and Indy, and I'm going to say Indy wins that game. Um, 
for a New Orleans-Indiana championship game for our first ever in-season tournament. And I'm going to roll with them. Let's go Pacers. Okay, I got the Celtics, you got the Pacers. Let's see whose is better. I wouldn't do do you think do they have um like March Madness? Do they have in uh perfect brackets win a million dollars? I doubt you're gonna win a million dollars with this one because it's just the Elite Eight. Yeah. Well, we can't bet anyways. We can't bet. We can't bet. Oh, we can't. We can't bet. Would that would that be considered betting for it's I don't the perfect bracket? I don't think you can. I, I, I know you I know you can it's all under the same umbrella it's sports betting but like but, if I make a bracket what if I made a perfect bracket I can't get my million dollars that's sad it is but oh, well. I actually have a question for you do you think it was successful like the in-season tournament um I felt like what I thought was going to be bad ended up what I thought what like I thought it was gonna take a dip towards the end because teams started to know like the third and fourth game I thought like teams would start to know that they weren't in it so like they wouldn't care about it anymore. Which I felt like was kinda the case. Like the teams that were like in the hunt. If like that that Bulls game, the Bulls Celtics game. It was not competitive at all. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you Do you think that that's but... because of the in-season tournament or just like the Celtics whooped that, like went out there and. I don't think in, in a regular game, I don't think they would have whooped them as much because I think both teams would have like a similar mindset. I think that the, the Celtics went in thinking, oh, we're going to make this tournament and the Bulls were just there as like a regular, regular season game. Okay. I get what you're saying. But for the most part, I think it was it was pretty successful. Um, the courts I think were it's ugly. great. Courts were pretty ugly, but I'm actually it in it's on fun, the courts. It's a fun thing to watch. Like it's like you're like especially with the points, like for the wild cards and all this stuff. Like the Suns only made it because Devin Booker made a banked in three with ten seconds left in their last game. If they didn't, uh, if he didn't make that, uh, I forget who else. But another team had one more point. Would have had one more point than them, so they would have been in it. So like those gotcha. li- the little things is, it's interesting. It's pretty cool. But I think that it's just it adds a level of excitement, especially for yep. casuals. Like it gives you something to look for, and something where actually I think the competition level is high. Like, I think across the board, I think teams went out and tried to win those games. I think like, the only thing that I would change about it is I actually make it midseason, not early season. Yeah, I think they need make it like Make it like beginning of January. I think I would even say like a tween holiday. Like, make it a holiday tournament. Go from like Thanksgiving week. And then have the championship Christmas. like New Year's. Because then you can still have Christmas yeah. Day games. Because it started literally the second week of the season. Mm-hmm. It was way yeah, it was no, too that's, early. Yeah. That's 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 my that's the only thing I would change about it. 
because I think January you kind of get like it's going to be end up being too late, and games will st- games start meaning a lot more when January comes around because of playoff positioning starting to happen and stuff. So it's like you don't necessarily need this on top of it by then. But I think like late November, December is like perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say overall like it's successful. It's it's getting its job done, and I think people people like it. So it's here, and it's here to stay. Uh, I will say this, though. This is a completely off-topic thing. Nike is missing with the jerseys. Like, I didn't – I am I was, like, kind of optimistic seeing the Instagram posts and stuff, like, in the preseason. But on, like, on the guys, it's kind of horrendous. Um. Like if you're going out and buying some of these jerseys, I you're just a super fan. I respect that, but like they're not good looking. There's a, like, there's a few nice ones. Like, like what's I like Minnesota's? What's Minnesota's? What what's New Orleans? Why is New Orleans like neon green? With like yeah, no, that's pretty stupid. I like death, I like, like LA's. LA's is the black ones, right? I think the so. Black with the yeah, I like that. But like, come um, on, Nike, come on. The Blazers ones is pretty nice. It's like that plaid print. That's pretty. That's all right. I'm just saying that's a completely different subtopic of the conversation. But um, huh? There's a few nice ones in there. I'm just saying that they need not the majority. They need to be better. They do. But. To the heart of today's podcast, the Orlando Magic have been playing a phenomenal brand of basketball. As Josh said, they're currently second in the Eastern Conference. Um, last two weeks, they've gone 7-0. and They're first in point differential at plus 17.3. They have the number one offensive rating at a 125.2 and the number two defense at a 107.8. Yes, they do not the, have a number one offense in the last two weeks. Oh, 125 offensive rating. Oh my word! Guess who's number two? The Phoenix Suns. Milwaukee Bucks. Are the Suns three? The Phoenix Suns are number three, and yeah, your Indiana Pacers are right behind them at four. The Suns um, had because they jumped from like 18 to six in two weeks. Come on now. Sorry. Oh, the Suns' offense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once you have Booker on the floor, obviously. No. Um. Star. But just gotta love the Orlando Magic. Uh, do you have anything you want to do as we open up the floor about this um, team? I say, I say, let's start with the defense because that is the star of the show. It is the star of the show. I um, agree. Their defense, they just have – I mean, we talk, we've said this so many times. They have so much versatility and size and length. Um, like, when you're watching their defense, they could pack the – like, I know you can't pack the paint in the NBA, but they do as well of a job that you can in the NBA to pack the paint because they're not afraid of what's going on on the weak side um, because they have so much size, length, and athleticism that they – I wouldn't recover so well and not give up open threes. 
Uh, and then, like, individually, um, well, Jonathan Isaac has looked really good in his limited minutes, but he has, you could see where, like, he's looking about as good as he, I don't know, like, as close as he's been to where he was before his injuries. Um, but he looks very good as a backside guy, individual. Like, that Boston game, he put... He was um, great. He put... He was guarding Porzingis. He was guarding Jalen Brown. He was Brown. great versus Denver, too. He, could, he couldn't... Like, they couldn't do anything. Like, he put them through as much resistance as he possibly could. Um, but the star... Like, the guy that really stepped up that's been a huge piece is Jalen Suggs. I know you told... Like, I mean, I called Jacob earlier. And he, I didn't watch the defense yet, and he brought it up to me. Like he's Jacob said, um, he's Marcus Smart, and the way that he, like he's what six three, six four. He's a bigger, more athletic Marcus Smart. He's, but he he looks like he's like six six out there. Yeah, and he is as physical. Like you can't move. He was go like he would switch He'll on guard anyone. Down Jason Tatum in that Boston game, and they couldn't move him. He's got active hands in fast breaks. He's tipping passes. Um, speaking, Takes a charge. Is there, is there any, um, like, fast break defensive ratings? Because oh. they got to be one of the best defensive rating in, the fa- in fast breaks. Their fast break defense is so good. They – so, in transition, they give up – they're good. Um, teams are – Scoring 55% field goal percentage, 1.11 two-point per possession. Um, That's for fast break. That's really good. They're forcing um, out of – do I have – out of 249 field goal attempts – Almost a hundred of them are threes, so they're keeping teams out of the paint. There's like not many easy you're ones going, in transition. You're going into Franz Wagner and Paolo Banchero, who are both six ten and long, and athletic. They're beautiful. But, it's, it's, but going back to Jalen Suggs, um, the way that he like not even not only him but like Cole Anthony. Um, I keep I keep wanting to call Anthony Black, Black Leaky Black. <laughs> is he? Uh, I don't. Do you see still at UNC? No, Leaky is a pro. Is he? Oh. Um, that's but topic. What? Yeah, Anthony Black, uh, Cole Anthony, uh, Charlotte. Jones, uh, isn't Charlotte? Nice. Yeah. Um, but the way that they move through screens, like you can't, like they they basically nullify ball screens because they're getting through so easily. They do a great job of getting skinny, getting through the ball screen, Ready? getting back down low. Ready? Pick and roll defense, including passes. Six hundred and seventy possessions so far this season. Teams are scoring zero point eight nine points per possession, shooting forty two percent from the field. They're, and it's 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 a lot. A lot of it is them getting through the ball screen because you it's like basically you're just not using the ball screen. And then also you have 
Um, what was that guy's name? Bo- Let's talk about Goga Bistaze and Mo Wagner in the drop. Okay. Let's talk about the <laughs> yeah. real star of the show. These guys yeah, are well, incredible in drop coverage. Them, the, the guards getting through the ball I, screen. I know, I know the guards are doing great. Even Cole Anthony's doing a really Cole good Anth- job. Cole Anthony's getting up in the that ball. That surprised me. He's playing. His, he's he's playing team basketball, and I never thought I'd see the day. And I'm sorry, that is a dig. But I never thought he'd try to play winning basketball. He's um, he's basically just spotting up on offense. He's <laughs> creating though too. The Denver when, game when he gets the opportunity. He was Jordan. Clark- he had a twenty piece. He was Jordan Clarkson while guarding also like Cole Anthony way to be a winner in this, like this, this team. Um, I think ball screen wise, Mo Wagner and Goga Bistaze just way to play cat and mouse with the ball, protect the rim at all costs, whether it means committing to the ball or dropping off and staying with the role, never letting anything behind you really phenomenal job. And you spoke of, the ball um regardless of who it is one through four they're getting up into the ball they're fighting over the screen and they are making hot they're playing with hot hands deflecting forcing tough twos if they're trailing the play it's a rear view contest every time like they make the effort um but continue um did i have a finish on jalen Suggs? No, you started talking um, about pick and roll. Um, Jalen Suggs being physical, hands, active hands. Uh, he's been, he's been, in my opinion, he's been their best defender so far. Outside of the limited minutes from Jonathan Isaac. Him and Jonathan he's Isaac. Been, he's been their and best then I defender. I think third place is a massive tie. <laughs> uh-huh. Depending on the night. A lot of I mean, Anthony Black surprised me. He's good for a rookie. He's good for a rookie. Yeah, because like his his length and size, like he could get like he's getting a little bit bodied just for being so young. But his, is, his length but... still affects shots. Yeah, I think the thing that's scary though about them as a group is that Markel Fultz is out and Wendell Carter mm-hmm. Jr. is out. Like they're not even thirteen. They're not maxing out on what they can be. Especially defensively, Markel's length and activity with Suggs next to him. Ooh. And then he's even a better playmaker than um, Anthony Black. So it's like you're adding. Um, one guy we need to talk about is Joe Ingles. Uh, Joe Ingles is leading this group. I I'm convinced that Joe Ingles is setting the tone for all these guys and how he is working on defense is how he was working when he was in Utah. Like, he's taking on some big-time matchups. He is guarding his yard. He's flying around. He had a couple deflections against Boston. He had a couple deflections against Charlotte, a couple against Denver. Um, Steals, FTOs, just making winning plays. Uh, I think Mo Wagner's like that, too. But um, it's just like everybody on the roster is committed to making winning plays, and it starts on defense. Jamal Mosley is preaching defense, and they're all doing it. Then you get on your soapbox. Do you want? And then you also have. I think the best part about their defense is their gaps. Like what you said about them protecting the paint, I just think that their gap positioning is allowing their length 
to completely disrupt everything. And then they're doing a great job at stunting, recovering, knowing when to commit, communicating on switches, even though they don't switch a ton. Um, they'll switch. It's basically emergencies, except like late clock, they'll do it. And like, there's a handful of like situational, like, Hey, we're going to switch one through five right here to throw a curveball. Um, they have a zone too. They show sometimes as a little wrench, uh, but overall, like, it's like guard your yard, stunt, recover, emergency switching. Um, and just everybody's taking it to heart. Uh, they're flying around just incredible. Um, I posted something on our Twitter a few days ago about, um, just their defensive stats. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they were top 10 in every like major defensive category. Um, I could pull it up now, the update it, but, um, they, this is three days ago or four days ago. They had a 107.5 defensive rating, uh, 17.6% force turnover percentage, 24.6% opponent offensive rebound percentage. And opponents were shooting 62.5% at the rim, which was, I think, eighth. Um, So it's like they're making it incredibly difficult, and their size is seen. Like teams aren't rebounding. Teams aren't scoring well at the rim. And then their length, they're forcing turnovers, almost 20% possessions. Uh, Just incredible stuff from the Orlando Magic at that end of the floor. Uh, You got anything else you want? It's like there, there is some like it's not perfect. They are young. There's some like I don't think it's really communication things, but like just like some breakdowns. But that's gonna happen anyways. Like they get backdoored. Like in that Boston game, they got backdoored quite a few times. Um, but that's they're 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 being you got, aggressive. Think about who was turnovers. getting backdoored too. Yeah. It was like Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony. Anthony Black. Yeah, like. I'm excited. It's, it's it's that's just that's that's being nitpicky though. Like offensively, you have the right to get nitpicky, but at the same time, it's some pretty good stuff they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to play to their personnel. Offen- offensively, like the first thing that's well, not the first thing that's the god to me, but one really interesting thing, and I want to see what, how you feel about it is like how different they could play with that bench unit. Because it all depends on who gets the ball. If Cole Anthony gets the ball, the pace is they're up the floor really fast. If Joe Ingles gets the ball, they're slowing it down, it's getting methodical. a high ball screen with Joe. But like, it's that was like I was like, whoa, this is, this is really interesting. I don't think that that crossed my mind even just because they're doing the same thing with different pace. That but like that's hard to guard. Oh, you're, incredibly you're, hard to guard. You're getting but, run at, at two different paces, and it's just be just between who gets the ball. I think it shows the beauty of how Jamal Mosley is like allowing everybody to play their strengths. Mm-hmm. Because they're doing the same stuff with everyone on the floor. It's like essentially a five out double gap 
dribble drive offense. Like I think if you had to sim- like try to define it, that's what they do. Like they try mm-hmm. to create double gaps for whoever has the ball to get downhill. Uh, five man, you work the middle third. Um, between Mo and uh, Goga, uh, if they go small ball, it's genuinely dribble drive. Uh, set screens to hunt mismatches, ghosts just to create misdirections and that type of stuff. But um. They hunt switches and they hunt driving angles. Uh, they hunt paint touches at will. They're third in free throw rate. Uh, they're sixth in offensive rebound percentage. Um, they want to dominate the paint. And they have two guys that can do it at will uh, between Palo and Franz. Um, Goga's a great screen setter, great playmaker. Uh, when the big touches in the middle third, great job at having action on both sides. Um, ball gets reversed through the middle. Automatic 45 gets into action, whether it's a 45 cut, down screen, uh, split away. Just like to regardless if, the, if it is for an action or it's just to create a double gap. So say the ball's getting reversed. Ball hit the wing. They got somebody cut through or whatever action. Somebody fills the top, they hit the top. Or even think pistol. I think that this would be a better example. Guy brings it up the side of the floor, come up the step, come off the step up, hit him on the pop, reverse through the middle of the floor. And then whoever's on that 45 on the weak side is doing something. And it creates a double gap for the guy at the top of the key now. And that's usually Palo, Franz, Jonathan Isaac, Joe Ingles. Like they try to have a handler there, especially after an initial. Um, to get downhill, uh, really good stuff. And I guess that that's why their offensive rating is so high because they're scoring on their possession. Like they're not leaving empty handed a lot and they're getting a ton of second chance opportunities. So it's like they're, they're cooking with like steam. They are, um, they're taking good ones. They're hunting mismatches. Uh, they're playing to their personnel. They really are. And that's like, to simply put it, they're trying to, like, they have a ton of guys that can attack off the bounce. They have great size, ton of skill. Um, They know who their shooters are, and they put them in positions to knock down shots. Uh, Gary Harris is a slashing type of guy, so he's in position to make, like, cut around, make plays. Jonathan Isaac has free will to cut, dive, offensive rebound. Um, But it's just... Nothing too complex, really. And they don't really have many, like, sets. They Like, not many, like, action packages. Like, they have a pistol. They have a Spain. They have a chin action. And they have some stuff for post-ups. Like, that. that's what I saw. Like, it really isn't, like, complex action and, like, anything crazy it's more principle based i think that that's why it's so hard to guard because they're allowing their guys to play basketball they're like jamal mosley is like hey if you're gonna guard your butt off for me and get me stops i'm gonna give you guys the tools and ability to just play free offensively and it's like not gonna be too robotic not gonna be within a box um like i know not not much i guess my my issue is I've been just watching so much college ball that it's like, it seems so free and 
it said the principle same driven but like <laughs> like maybe because i have been seeing things through that perspective that now that like i sit and i take two days to just watch the magic that i'm like wow like this is fun like this is how it needs to be um i was but, watching them today and i was like the pace that they're getting at these actions i was like whoa this is crazy and yeah. then i was like well this is kind of the nba too so i don't know if it's just that or that i'm used to college <laughs> i was like eh. it's a but like all right i think the best thing too is to compare to other nba teams like denver's so like set I was trying to do yeah yeah boston is action driven while like them and Indy are like principle driven. Um like Miami's a good mix of principle and also like, hey, like we're gonna get spacing and run in action. Uh Cleveland set driven. Like yeah. that's what like they have that level of freedom that Indy has. And what what's making Indy so hard to guard is their freedom. Indy just doesn't get stops like the magic. Um I guess the like. Do you have any offensive comments? They like, like you said, they because just. Because I went the in on that, and I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, no, you're good. They they attack the paint at will. Um, that was like the my main takeaway was they're getting in the paint early. So when that second unit comes in and they got more shooters out there, they get open threes because teams are more worried about them getting into the paint and getting those easy buckets. They collapse more easily, and you get out kit wide open corner kick out threes break kick out threes um for guys like uh cole anthony and um i can't think of his name now uh gary harris and joe ingles you got you got those three shooters in there um and usually with somebody like palo or franz so wendell will be able to stretch the floor wendell will be yeah mo mo gets his shots up Uh it's it it's it's simple, but it's working for them. They're playing the it's a young team that's playing within this system that's more free and it's working out. Like I don't they're playing their game. They're playing like it's 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 just working out. It's simple. Like you, you basically said everything. Tons of delay action too. Mm-hmm. That's just them. Like a lot of their actions in the middle third, so it's like delay is the basic one out of the middle. They do it. They have they have a few like staggers and stuff. But I feel like that just reads. Yeah, more. In, yeah, it's not. Yeah, but that's NBA. Yeah, that's like. Um, I think that one thing with them is like. But even like with the staggers and stuff, it's not like often. You know what I mean? It's not, like but it's, it's also not... to, it's like it's used to pull them away from the paint so that yeah, they yeah, get yeah. somebody that driving lane. Like you said, the like the actions to to get that double gap. To get a double um, gap. Yeah. It's, it's great it's not, drive. Yeah. yeah. And then if they get a shot off it, they get a shot off it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the question about all this is that do you think it's sustainable? what they're doing right now yeah because it's mainly the their ability on the defensive end that's been getting them so many wins um 
I feel like their offense might fluctuate up and down uh, just because, I mean, it's kind of more based on – I don't know if you agree with this, but it's more based on how the guys are doing in that time. That comes – I don't know. I don't know if I'm – yeah, I don't know if I'm, yeah, don't know if I'm no, explaining even that correct. All three of the games they had all – all four I watched for this, like in terms of study, like against Boston, the first quarter they couldn't buy. Against yeah, Denver, yeah. they had a stretch in like were... the middle of the game they couldn't buy. And it's because they have so much freedom that if they're ta- taking some tough ones and they're not falling, like the other team has a real chance to like put it on. But also I didn't I didn't watch the Denver game. But that it was Boston a great game, watch. The Boston game, I they couldn't make a shot in that first quarter. Like they like not couldn't make a shot, but they also stopped Boston. Like it was a close game. That's the thing, they though, because their Boston. defense kept them. Like Boston only had a thirty-two point first quarter or something. Like it wasn't like a like Indy just put up seventy-five in the first half against Miami. Orlando ain't ain't having anyone put over 60 on them in the first half. Like, you know what I mean? And Boston's Uh a top offense. Like, it's just them doing the do. Like, they're doing what they're kind of built for. And it's cool because they have a culture now. Like, last year it was, like, a foundational year. And now it's like, we're the magic. Like, this is who we are. We're going to go out here. We're going to grit and grind you, get some stops. And now we have the talent and like guys are comfortable with each other enough. We have like a system together and like, we're going to ball. Um, This is off topic, but I got a feeling I, I didn't watch the game, but the Charlotte game came on in my clips and I got this feeling like two weeks ago, whenever his first game was. But when I saw Miles Bridges on the floor, I was like, "Oh, Miles Bridges!" <laughs> I just I went I went through their schedule and I saw Charlotte and it made me think of that. <laughs> Sorry. He's he looked pretty good too. He did. He did. <laughs> but no, yeah, I I would say it's. I don't know if the second seed is sustainable. But I think that they can have. I think a, that they could be top five. They can have home court. They could, they, yeah, very easily. Just look I at think the they East. Could be top five, top four. Like when you're looking at the top of the East right now, you got Boston, Milwaukee, Orlando, Philly, and then like. I think I think Cleveland picks it up. I do too. They look good when they're healthy and they've been like they haven't been healthy consistently. Honestly, New York looks good. They're just not winning. I don't think they look that great. I is it just they look pretty good against the Suns. They looked they looked horrible against Miami and then they had a fourth like end of third and fourth quarter of like the last decade. Like they just went bananas. Keep they keep you in games. Keep themselves in the game. I think Miami's right there. I think Atlanta, when they're playing good, they're playing good. But it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of question marks. 
And That's I what I Orlando, mean. Though. Orlando's more of a certain team. I think Philly could probably keep up with them because I think Philly's been playing really good. I really I like think, how Philly's well, been I, That's what I'm saying. Like outside of Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Orlando's that fourth team in the mix. And Orlando, I, I'm, I'm confident. And I would about put that. Cleveland. I'd put Cleveland up there with them. Like that's. I feel like that would. That's going to end up being the top five. Okay. Those four in Cleveland. Who has home court? That's the question. I honestly, think Orlando honestly, or Philly point, if they keep up. At this point, I would say Orlando. And then, like, the broader question is, does who's who's in the play-in? I think it's going to be New York, Miami, Atlanta, Brooklyn, probably. And you put the Pacers at six? Yeah. I'm impressed with this offense. The Pacers? Yeah, I'm very impressed. I want, like, I want to watch more. I want to watch like a game first. They just put up Miami 70 on Miami, bro, in a half. Three. Huh? Oh, I know. I've been I've been watching. They're they're getting stops. They held them to 35. 37 now. Like they like it's just when Miami plays defense like this, man. I was a little scared when Bam got hurt, but it's a it's a ball game now. But you got anything else you want to bring up? We're off topic. Uh, yeah, no, we've we've been bad today. Um, huh? We've we've been bad getting off topic today. Uh, no, we're good. It's all basketball. This is, this, this is the point of this is where we wanted to start the podcast. We would talk in the car. Yeah, and this is like our talks in the car. We haven't we haven't chatted like this. You've been busy. I've been busy. And we've both been busy. Um, I felt bad today. No, I, Josh called me at work, and it was like thirty minutes before we were starting film, and I just felt like I needed to. I was gonna get yelled at, so yeah, got off the phone. I was like, yeah, we'll I catch can... up later. I see how it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I, I I would say back to your question, it is sustainable. And I think that as of right now, I would put them at home court advantage. But it's gonna be tight. I think they That's got my, it. I think they got it. That's man. my conclusion. That's my conclusion from the first eighteen games. First eighteen. We gotta have a first we need to I like how we're doing the teams. Like how we did Minnesota. I like how mm-hmm. we, we did this. We might keep doing this until we both, like, I think we'll both have time, more time. Phoenix next? Over the next little bit to yeah, actually watch a lot more. But I do like the individual team stuff. Um, But you got any finishing? No. No. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We've been pretty inactive on TikTok, so you could follow us if you want. But um, YouTube, be prepared. I am going to have something cooking sooner than later. And I'm quite excited about it because I feel my I'm able to discuss the game at a better level now being around it all the time instead of putting a filter on my content so i'm gonna just let it rip um but until next time peace